first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trophy Chase, Arizona. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Cody Smith, Houston, Texas. The Fantasy Draft Room is now on the clock. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at TrophyChaseTFDR. And as always, my man Cody, where can they find you at? As always, y'all can find me on Twitter at CodySmithTFDR. You can check out the joint account on Twitter at underscore TFDR YouTube, where you should be watching this episode because we're going to dive into another draft that you can see the draft board on the youtube channel if you don't want to do that you can also just keep listening to the pod if you're listening on that format wherever you get your podcasts if we're not on that podcast format let us know we will get it there and i think that's all we got to plug except for all the rate review like subscribes all of those things leave us comments all those love it for the algorithms and now i think we're done with all the plugging we got to do Yep. Like and subscribe, baby. All right. So it is playoff time. It is officially here. It has happened. It is happening. Um, we are going to dive into several things. As you mentioned, we're going to get, get into an actual startup draft, a $250 buy-in uh, draft that is going on right now. We are, you know, big money. Yeah. Nice, nice chunk of change. There's nothing to, to, to scoff at. So these people are really pick, making picks for for their future. But we do have some some big time playoff implications here where people can advance to the finals. So we have some matchups we want to dive into here, um, as well as some some picks we're going to go through as well. But let's kick things off here. Uh, Both of us are in a league where the trade deadline has not quite happened yet and this is tied into the matchups here and you made a trade here that I just wanted to kind of touch on uh, since you are competing. And it was a win now move. So tell us what you did and what the what the situation is. Yep, situation. It's a best ball league, and I was actually the 12 team. I was a six seed. However, it's pretty. There's a lot of parity in this league. There was only a couple hundred points separating first from six. The top two teams have also dealt with some injuries, and so I was like, you know what? This is one of my last higher money leagues that I'm in. I'm still alive in the playoffs, and I got bounced the night before. I made I made this move by 0.9 points in my other league that I would have wanted to uh, you know make it in because Alan Lazard only caught one pass. If he caught one more, I would have won. And so I was like, you know what? We're gonna go full send. We're going in for this league this year right now. We're gonna make the moves. And so what I did was I pulled up our rest of season matchups. I pulled up the matchups, seeing who is weak against the teams that are facing them right now in terms of fantasy points given up. We did this episode a couple weeks back looking at 13 weeks 13 through 17 now we wanted to look at just week 16 and 17 so pulled it up we saw that tennessee was the greatest matchup in terms of giving points up to the or houston is the worst team in giving points up to the running back position and so they're facing the tennessee titans and derrick henry who runs for 200 yards and two touchdowns guaranteed every week or every time they play them Four times in a row, it's happened. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full send. Give me some Derrick Henry. I sent away a first-round Debbie depleted pick. I sent away Tyler Lockett, and I sent away another piece, got back Derrick Henry and Chris Moore. And so if he smashes this week, which you know seems like it could be a pretty good possibility as long as history holds true, get a smash week out of Derrick Henry and try to get to the ship in this league, man. 
Yeah, I mean, and when we talked it through, like it was Tank Bigsby, a Debbie depleted Tank. first, and then uh, and then Tyler Lockett, and and when you really think about it, it's kind of like kind of like three seconds for Derrick Henry, and if you win, you obviously don't care, and in the end, like if you have Derrick Henry going into next year, you still p- feel pretty good. Yeah, he's aging. We talked about the running back Cliff data last week, but he's a guy, and he's a w- true workhorse and one of the last true workhorses in the NFL. So uh, we both believe in him, you know, beyond just these last few weeks. So I think it's going to work out for you in the long run uh, as well. But I do, I did really like that trade. I think it's going to help give you that push and it's a league winning move, right? Like if, if Derrick Henry smashes down the stretch, he has an easy schedule. Like you said, uh, Houston is the worst run defense averaging 200 yards against over the past few years against Houston. So I felt like it was a great win now move for you. It definitely puts you in contention with the top dogs and it gives you another separator piece that could smash week in, week out. Yeah, it does. And he faces the best matchup in terms of against the running back this week. He does face Dallas the next week, which is the third toughest matchup. So not great there, but you know, I'm just trying to get to the ship, baby. Get me to the ship and I'll figure it out from there. Yep, give me to the money round. So let's let's actually dive into some of those. We'll talk about a trade that I did too while, while we go through this. So let's get into the quarterbacks right now. The bottom ten range here. I'm just going to kind of list some of the names that are some of the teams that are uh, in this bottom ten range. So Carolina plays Detroit, Green Bay against Miami, Houston, Seattle, the Jets, Pittsburgh. The Giants, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Chargers are all facing bottom 10 defenses uh, this upcoming week 16. You know, Seattle kind of stands out against Kansas City, should be a high-scoring game. Geno Smith should be passing for a ton of yards, or I had the opportunity to pass a ton. Tyler Lockett being out does put a damper on that. You know, maybe fire up some DK. Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers against Miami. Again, another high-scoring affair in Miami, so it'll be warm. (laughs) But you'd like to think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have the opportunity to pass against Miami, especially with uh, the scoring options there. You know, any other names, Carolina, Pittsburgh, uh, the Jets, Giants, anything stand out to you of, of a, maybe another start that you'd be looking at? Yeah, I mean, the other ones that I think you're looking at here, you know, Tom Brady hasn't been great. Tom Brady going against Arizona, a bad Arizona team, uh, could be a potential blowout game. I like Tom Brady there. Um, other than that, I mean, you've got Baltimore against Atlanta, but that Baltimore team has looked broken without Lamar. It even looked broken with Lamar. It's yeah. even getting worse now. So, to be honest, I'm trying to get a different option than Tyler Huntley. If he's even the quarterback, then you've got the Brown guy. The, I definitely don't want to start him ever. And then, you know, if we're looking at our best matchup, it's Carolina versus Detroit this week. Fire <laughs> up some Sam Darnold. It's risky, but Detroit bleeds points. And I, I would actually start up Darnold in some places. With all these quarterback injuries we've got, you know, you're fishing for options. And these are the guys we're looking at. Yeah, in a redraft league where I'm losing Jalen Hurts, or I'm assuming I'm losing Jalen Hurts, I actually just picked up Danny Dimes, and he hasn't had some, he hasn't had great weeks, but he does face Minnesota this week and Indianapolis next week. So two good matchups down the stretch here, where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take the gamble on him. It's it's just the the upside play where it's like, look, if I can get you know 20 points out of you, I'm I'm pumped. So that's that's kind of the last one there as well. Let's get into the running backs. You mentioned Derrick Henry, King Henry against uh, Houston. That should be a Edom match, and I'm looking forward to seeing him do 200 yards yet again. Uh, Kansas City against Seattle, Pittsburgh, 
New Orleans in Cleveland in a negative, what's supposed to be a freezing cold game. Chargers, Indy, Tampa Bay, Miami, Buffalo, the Jets, and Baltimore, all bottom 10 are facing bottom 10 teams. Excuse me. So, you know, New Orleans, I've been pumping Alvin Kamara down the stretch here. He he didn't score a touchdown, ended up getting you over 100 yards on the ground last week or over 100 yards total last week, just missing that tutty. I, you know, I'm thinking he's he has the opportunity again, but it is freezing cold weather, run game. They're probably going to feed him. And then Najee against Las Vegas. I I think you got to fire up Najee this week. Like people have been hesitant on him. Any other running back situations kind of pop out to you where you're like, I'm willing to th- start this guy or throw this guy out there? Yeah, Najee's actually been picking it up here as of late. Yeah. So I'm perfectly fine rolling out Najee. Uh, the second best matchup going up KC against Seattle. I'm fine starting Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco this week. Uh, you know, probably. Jarek McKinnon, I don't know if this is going to – I don't think this level of production is going to be sustainable. But, man, if it's a team that they can do it against, it's going to be Seattle because they just bleed points to the running back. Outside of that, Tampa Bay against Arizona again. I know we just mentioned Tom Brady, but both of those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So if you want to fire up either Leonard Fournette or Rashad White, perfectly fine with those two as well. Yeah, the the last ones like they're kind of dart throws Miami against Green Bay, uh, you know, find out what's going on with, with Jeff Wilson. But Mostert had a great week last week, you know, in the workhorse role, uh, fire up some Mostert again, if he's going to get that kind of workload um, or even Jeff Wilson, if he's healthy. So both of those are some some solid streaming options. You know, Devin Singletary against Chicago. It's going to be a cold weather game. It's going to be in Chicago. Again, it's another one of those games that is projected to feel like the temperature is going to feel like it is negative 10 degrees so it is going to be chilly and you know run game warms people up so maybe Devin Singletary uh, would be a good option to fire up and then uh, my guy in the preseason was J.K. Dobbins and J.K. Dobbins against Atlanta you can bet on another 100 yards on the ground. I, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to win some people some leagues. So if you have J.K. Dobbins and you're debating on starting him, in my honest opinion, I am firing that dude up. He looks great in the hole. It's just getting up to that top end speed for him. So uh, let's jump over to wide receiver here. All right, another, once again, Houston actually, facing Tennessee is the, the easiest matchup. So Houston, Carolina, the Giants, Philly, Seattle, Vegas, Baltimore, Atlanta, the Jets, Chicago, and Detroit are all facing bottom 10 teams against wide receivers. Are you firing up these Houston wide receivers against Tennessee? I'll fire up Chris Moore, and if I'm in super desperation, I'll fire up Brandon Cooks. Outside of that, there ain't a single one of them I'm firing up. And to make matters worse, you, you kind of mentioned it and hit on it as we're going through this. It's going to be cold and windy, basically, if you're anywhere outside of California or Florida. <laughs> and man, it like seriously, if we want to go back to those, if you want to go back to those running backs and look through those again, uh, you know, I can send out this data to anyone. I'll post it again on Twitter as well. If you want to go out and look at it, we don't have a post or pulled up here, but I'm perfectly happy sending those out. I'm firing up running backs over wide receivers everywhere this week in lineup because. There are going to be so many games that are affected by this cold front. If you're not playing in a dome, and like I said, if you're not playing in a dome, you're not playing in California or Florida, I don't want to be firing up most wide receivers in this week because it is, it's going to be absolutely disgusting outside everywhere. Yeah, man, and even looking at some of the other matchups that we mentioned, like Philly, 
most likely without Jalen Hurts, it seems like against Dallas, like it seems like it's going to be an easy matchup, but we haven't seen Gardner Minshew out there. So it doesn't feel great, you know, firing up uh, some of maybe, you know, uh, Devonta Smith, maybe doesn't have the rapport with him. I still like Seattle. I think DK Metcalf will be a great one against Kansas City because Kansas City is going to put up points. Like this, that Seattle defense is soft. Seattle's going to have to pass the ball to stay in. Vegas, I, I do like as well. Again, another cold weather game. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. You know, I still like Mac Hollins. We'll see kind of how that that stuff plays out. But yeah, man, I, I'm with you. Like it, it's a running back week. You know, the Jets in Jacksonville tomorrow is going to be a cold one. Chicago, Buffalo. Yeah, these wide receiver matchups aren't great. We, we'll send out the data so you can kind of make your own educated decisions. Look at the weather. Just because the matchups are great does not mean it's just going to be a cakewalk this week. Uh, weather is going to be a huge player in in how, how these guys perform. So uh, let's just dive right into tight end and finish this off. Again, Bottom facing bottom 10 teams, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Houston, Green Bay, Baltimore, Carolina, Arizona, the Jets, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville are all facing bottom 10 teams against the tight end position. Obviously, Kelsey stands out right off the rip. Uh, this is a get-right game. He had 100 yards last week on 10 uh, with 10 catches. Looked like you know great numbers, but he still is missing those tutties. I think this is a, a big-time touchdown game where maybe he counts off his five touchdowns. But uh, <laughs> is this a get-right game for Mark Andrews without Lamar? Oh man, they, that again, that offense is just like broken. I, I mean, if you have Mark Andrews, you're probably going to be starting Mark you Andrews wherever you have, because you probably don't have a better option. Um, so yeah, I'm perfectly fine firing up Mark Andrews. The one at the top, Tampa Bay against Arizona. I'm perfectly fine starting Kate Otten this week. Arizona is notoriously year over year the worst against tight ends, and it's held true this year. And I forget exactly where they're playing. They're either playing in a dome or Florida. So both of those are good. And so perfectly fine starting them there. Uh, the game we got tomorrow night, you know, Jacksonville and New York, that's going to be another one of those cold games. And I do want to mention before we before we get out of this and we've mentioned the cold, it's not really just the cold. The cold is fine, but it's the wind, uh, especially for like the game that we have tomorrow night. Whenever winds, winds are gusting 50, 60 mile an hour gusts. I mean, this is what we saw back in that New Orleans or the New England and Buffalo game, right, where New England just decided, hey, we're not throwing the ball. And yeah. so they're just be, be careful, be mindful of those wind gusts, uh, be careful of the cold, snow, everything that's going to be out there this weekend. Make sure you know what your weather conditions are and then use that with these opponent ranks to try to target some matchups. Absolutely. And, and you know, I would love to say fire up some Conklin and some some Mark or uh, Mark Ingram. <laughs> some, some, Evan Ingram. Oh, my goodness. Evan Ingram. Uh, I'd love to say fire those guys up, but with the wins like that, it's really challenging to to say do that. Um, I think this would be a good good opportunity for for Fryermuth against Vegas. Uh, yeah, weather matters. Look at the conditions. Look, it is not just the cold and wet. It is wind and passing the ball around when matters. So check out those matchups. See what would be a good one uh, for you and your team. If you have some questions on start sits message us here in the comments. We'll, we'll definitely give you our input and our feedback based on the information that we have on hand. Uh, but what is just wanted to give you some kind of team names to kind of think of as you are going through your lineups here and your most likely semifinal matches uh, for, for week 16. So let's dive into anything else you want to cover before we move on. 
Nope. I think we're good with this one. Let's dive into, we've, you know, we're wrapping up the fantasy season. We've got a new segment that we're, you know, going to roll into. We don't have matchups that we can talk about and set lineups for every week now. Those are going to be running out here soon. Hopefully they go all the way through week 17. We get some dubs there. But for the rest of the season, we're going to start this one off. We're going to be starting this this week, doing it every week, all the way through the Super Bowl. We are going to be picking every game against the spread, keeping track of it all the way through. It's going to be me versus Chase. We'll have a running tally up throughout <laughs> the rest of the season, and we'll uh, we'll see who comes out the winner on this one. You know, this is uh, not financial advice. <laughs> I was not financial say, this is not advice. gambling advice. This is this is just a thing between Cody and I that we are trying to do a challenge and see see where we're at and how good we are on this. So. Exactly. But you know, if I do start hitting at seventy five percent clip, then you might want to start tailing. But as soon as you do, know that it's going to fail and we're going to go down to zero the next week. Yep. Exactly. All right. So let's kick things off here. Let's do Thursday night. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets Uh, mentioned weather conditions. This is in New York. So this is going to be a chilly, windy game. I am taking Jacksonville plus one and a half over the Jets. I think they're going to win this game outright. They they've been hot. They there's they actually can make the playoffs. They they can make the playoffs. Everything is setting up perfectly for them. The, the, The Jets. They've been kind of in turmoil lately. They just lost to Detroit. I'm just going to take Jacksonville plus one and a half um, over the New York Jets. And yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's the same thing. It's going to be, you know, maybe Zonovan Knight can get something going on the ground, but I think I'm still going to lean ETN on the ground with this Jacksonville offense, a team led by Zach Wilson this week in the cold, in the conditions. I'm going to go with the team that's been catching fire with Trevor Lawrence lately. I'm going to take Jacksonville to plus one and a half as well. Love it. So Baltimore and Atlanta coming up next year. I really struggled with this pick just because of the quarterback situation for both teams. And I really wanted to pick Atlanta, but I'm taking Baltimore giving up seven. I think, I think Baltimore is going to get the ground game going and I feel like it it might be, end up being a push, but I'm going to take Baltimore giving up seven points against Atlanta in the dome. All right. And I'm going to go the other side on this one. I think the, that Ritter is not going to be a major factor in this one. They're going to use the ground game. Algier, Cordell, Patterson are going to be running over this Baltimore team, the Baltimore offense, even though they have stepped up their running game with JK Dobbins a little bit broken. I'm going to be on Atlanta plus the seven and taking the points. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So Detroit and Carolina, uh, Carolina giving up two and a half here. I want you to go first on this one. This one I really struggled with. All right. Yeah, I struggled with this one too. And honestly, the only reason, so this one came down close to me. And I think the only reason that Carolina is up at plus two and a half is because they're home. All of these teams are listed as away teams at the top, home teams at the bottom. I'm going to be taking the home team, the Carolina Panthers, plus the two and a half. I ended up picking Detroit, giving up the points. And I think... For me, it came down to I was looking at that that week 16 data and I was looking at how bad that Carolina defense is. And it just feels like a prime game for Detroit to to drop points. I think Carolina is going to do the same against Detroit, but I feel like Detroit has the better offense in the end. And I'm going to give up those two and a half. All right, let's move into this Buffalo and Chicago game. Buffalo catching nine points against Chicago or minus the nine points against Chicago. A large spread on this one. On this one is where I'm just taking the better team. I don't. I still don't believe in the Chicago offense, and so I'm going to take Buffalo to 
just dominate this game with Josh Allen and taking the nine points with Buffalo. Cold, windy home game. Buffalo is going to win this game, but it is going to be a lower scoring game. In my opinion, I think it's going to stay close. I'm taking Chicago getting the nine points, but Buffalo is going to win this game probably by seven. Is what I think it's going to be. It'll be it'll be closer just because of the the conditions that are probably going to limit the offense. I think Monty and 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 Fields can get the ground game going enough to to keep it competitive, but it's still going to be a Buffalo game for me. Yeah, Buffalo on the money line, but. Yeah. We're split on the spread. So we got yep. we got some differences here through the first four games, taking the first Love three it. games on Saturday all the way on different sides. We're going to have some some comebacks having to be mounted on week two of this. Uh, the next game, we got New Orleans and Cleveland. Cleveland minus two and a half favorites. I don't understand this one. Whenever I looked at the spread, Cleveland at home against a bad New Orleans team. Give me Cleveland minus two and a half. I don't even need to talk about this one. You know, it's funny you say that, man. I'm actually taking New Orleans and the points. Okay. I'm taking New Orleans in the two and a half. I, I feel like this is a game that New Orleans can win. Like Alvin Kamara on the ground. They're going to use Taysom Hill and gadget formations. I feel like the run game of New Orleans is better. And I feel like Nick Chubb missing back-to-back practices worries me. So that is my big thing. I, I don't think Nick Chubb is playing this week. I don't. And that is why I'm going to lean on the New Orleans ground game and what they can do over what Cleveland and and Kareem Hunt can do. So that is the only reason. I, I would I would love to say since we're recording this, I'm just going to leave my bet or leave my pick as is. But if if Nick Chubb does play, I I'm probably going to want to flip flop. But New Orleans plus two and a half, give me that. <laughs> All right, yeah. And if we see some major movement on this money line, obviously we're doing this on Wednesday. We're going to be dropping this one on Friday. So hopefully we're actually going to be retroactively doing this Jacksonville and New York or New York Jets game where we took the same side. Hopefully we were right on that one. Let's get into the Seattle and KC matchup. You go first on this one. All right. So this one I struggled with, and and it, I I think Kansas City is going to beat them, but I was like ten points. I'm taking Seattle plus ten. Seattle plus 10 here just feels like the right move. I feel like both offenses will will get it going, uh, whether it's the ground game or in the air. I do think Kansas City is going to win, and it might end up being a push because Kansas City's at home. But again, weather conditions come into play. It's going to make things a little bit lower scoring, in my opinion. So I'm going to take Seattle plus 10. And I'm also going to be on the opposite side on this one. We are going five for five on this one. All right. So reason I'm taking KC, I'm looking back at that running back data. I think Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Jarek McKinnon are going to run all over Seattle. I think they're going to be, I think on the other side, they're going to be good enough to stop Ken Walker. And I think Kansas City is going to win this one by more than 10. I'm hoping for maybe like a 13 point game in this one. I know for fantasy purposes, you're really relying on that Mahomes Kelsey stack. So I, I know, I know what you want. That one makes in a little bit probably. <laughs> So I'm looking at uh, you know the next matchup here with Minnesota and the New York Giants, and and it was another one that made me think. But that Giants defense has been just getting crushed lately. Minnesota minus four, give me those four. Or I'll give up those four points. Minnesota's going to crush them, and easy enough. Yep, Minnesota at home in the dome. They're going to be passing the ball all over them with Jay Jet coming off the high of last week's comeback win, historic win best in NFL history. Yeah, giving me again minus the 4 against New York. Love it. All right, so we got Cincinnati at New England. New England giving up 3 points. This one for me was too easy. I'm taking Cincinnati. I'll I'll, I'll give up those 3 points. Uh, 
there's for me there's no explanation either cincinnati is just the better team i don't care that new england's at home none of that matters to me at all uh it's going to be the cincinnati show and they're going to to beat them by seven plus yeah and actually like i said cleveland and new orleans didn't make sense to me this is this one also didn't make sense to me i'm right there with you cincinnati plus three or minus three perfect uh houston your, your houston texans on the road against the tennessee titans tennessee without ryan Tannehill. Where are you got on this one? Uh, this is going to be Houston, or <laughs> Houston all the way. Fuck that. No, this is Tennessee. <laughs> Derrick Henry, again, he's going to rush for 200 yards, two or three touchdowns, and Houston might score a touchdown. Minus three doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think I could take it at minus 10. Give me Tennessee. Houston, outright win. Houston, outright win. That's what's going on right now. Malik Willis in the game, I know that they're just going to load the box and try to stop Derrick Henry. Whether they can or not is a whole other story. That Tennessee secondary is awful. I feel like Houston's going to do enough. They compete. They were able to compete with Kansas City. Yeah, it was a home game, so it's a little bit different circumstances. But I'm I'm taking – you're going to give me Houston plus three. I will take those points. We are different again on this one. I'm taking Houston plus three. Last game, Malik Willis was also playing against Houston. Derrick Henry still rushed for 30 attempts, 200 yards, two touchdowns. They won 17 to 10, covered the minus three. This time they're at home. Yeah, it's Tennessee. I'm a pessimist Houston fan, though, so like I'd bet against them every single time if I could. Regardless, let's move on. Let's move into the Washington versus San Francisco game. San Francisco with minus nine going up against Washington. Washington's actually been a little bit of a better team than I've thought. Brock Purdy's look good, though. Uh, I think this is Jimmy G. You could almost even see a little bit more, but minus seven feels like a lot. I'm still going to take San Francisco, though. I think Brock Purdy is going to do well enough in Frisco to beat Washington by seven or more. Yep, San Francisco giving up the seven points, I'm good with. I feel like the ground game is going to get going. CMC has looked incredible with this offense as they've actually opened him up and let him do more. Uh, they're just going to, to walk all over Washington, in my opinion. And that San Francisco defense should be able to lock down Terry McLaurin and whatever Heineke is going to do on offense. Uh, yeah, San Francisco give up the points. So uh, moving on to a big time divisional matchup Philadelphia on the road in Dallas Dallas giving up five points here now again Jalen Hurts questionable most likely out this game I'm going to assume that he is out and I am still going to take Philadelphia plus five I feel like the spread is just too much Gardner Minshew should be able to do enough to to keep this a close competitive game so I'm going to give up those points I don't know who the winner is but Philly plus five this is, uh, I still haven't made up my mind on this one as we were going into this, and I'm glad you went first on it. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to take Philly plus the five, regardless of whether Hurts plays or not. I think if Jalen Hurts was in this game, it'd be a much larger spread. Much larger, I don't know, maybe like a seven, seven and a half point spread here. But yeah, I'm still going to think that Gardner Minshew is able to do enough to keep this within five. All right, we have Las Vegas on the road in a chilly cold windy game in pittsburgh pittsburgh is giving up two and a half points as the home team i kind of want you to go on this one who do you have first or who do you have on this one yeah on this one i think i'm just going to take the best running back who's been putting up the most yards in the league i'm going to take the raiders in this one i don't i mean the conditions favor it i know Najee's has been good the pittsburgh steelers are good against the run but i think it's you know Close enough game. I think it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a very close game. Probably going to come down to a field goal at the end. Hope that Las Vegas Raiders are on the right side, catching plus two and a half. 
Yep, I actually have Vegas plus two and a half as well. Uh, same kind of reasons. I do think Derek Carr will be able to actually get the passing game going or play action pass going uh, with, with Devontae Adams. Darren Waller, you know, looked good enough in his return. Uh, so love to see that down the stretch. Let's move on to Green Bay in the one of the only warm and sunny games we have in Miami. So Miami giving up four points to the Green Bay Packers. Man, I'm taking Miami minus four. That Green Bay offense seems inept. I feel like Miami should be able to do enough against Green Bay's secondary to to, to put up some points, and I just don't think Green Bay is going to be able to keep up. Yep, Miami actually even played well in the cold whenever we all didn't think they would. That narrative That's was true. put out there a lot last week. They played good in the cold. They're going to play even better in the warmth whenever they go back home. Give me Miami minus four. Love it. All right, Denver on the road in L.A. Now Los Angeles is giving up two and a half points. I'm going to have you go first on this one since it's my Broncos. Who you got going on here? Yep, your Broncos stink. We're going to take the Rams at plus two and a half at home. Uh, You know, Baker Mayfield looked competent enough to run this offense. At times, he's looked better than Russell Wilson has this year. So I'm going to take LAR plus the two and a half. I'm a pessimistic Denver Broncos fan as well, but I'm taking the better defense here, and Denver has the better defense. Russell Wilson is back. I guess that means something Uh, (laughs) it's supposed to, I guess, but yeah, I'm going to take Denver giving up two and a half points on the road. I do think they're going to be able to do enough. I just don't know. Like as you get film on Baker Mayfield, you see what this offense looks like with him. It's going to be a limited playbook. And I think Denver's defense is going to shut him down. So uh, that's that. All right, let's move into our next one. Tampa Bay, Arizona. Arizona catching seven and a half with Kyler Murray out, with Colt McCoy out. We're now down to a Trace McSorley game. And this is why this is a seven and a half game. It obviously wouldn't be without that quarterback situation. So is Tom Brady good enough with as bad as he's looked and as bad as this offense has looked to beat Arizona by seven and a half? I am going to lean yes. I I don't feel good about this one. This is another one that I was – somehow even tossed up against Trace McSorley. I can't bet on Trace McSorley. I'm not taking that side almost no matter what the spread is. I'm going to take the GOAT and Tom Brady and think that they figure out a way to beat them by seven and a half or more. Yeah, man, when I looked at this game and I was like, I think Arizona could could lose by seven. Like, I could see that. And I'm like, it's Trace McSorley. They have an (laughs) awful defense. I'm like, Tampa Bay, I'll give up the seven and a half on the road. I think that you know they'll they'll be able to figure it out enough to 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 win by by almost double digits or double digits. So let's wrap this thing up with our week 16 matchups with the Monday night game, the 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 non-thriller that is the Los Angeles Chargers on the road against Indianapolis. Indy giving up four and a half. Who do you have here? Yeah, four and a half with big dick fulls. Um no, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. Indy just came off. I mean, good God, Matt Ryan. How do you do that twice in one career? That's just awful. Could be his last career is the worst comeback loss in NFL history. Uh, this Indianapolis team is falling apart. I'm going to take the Chargers plus, or minus the four and a half. Yeah, I debated on switching it when Nick Foles was named the starter, but I'm sticking with it. Chargers minus four and a half. Chargers team has looked really good since Justin Herbert and and company have been all healthy. You know, we got Mike Williams out there, Keenan back out there. Things seem to be clicking a little bit better for that team. They're still in the playoff hunt. 
they want this. They're just gonna they're gonna want this more. And I think Indy's just deflated after what happened last week. So Yep. I think that that wraps us up for all of week 16. We'll be back again with a full slate in week 17 and then one more full slate in week 18. Those week 18 games are going to be tough though, with all these teams either knowing they're in or out of the playoffs. That's one of the hardest weeks to bet. But we'll keep track of this the rest of the season and hopefully we'll be, you know. I'll be blowing you out by that point. It won't even matter what we're doing in the playoffs. It won't matter, and we'll just we'll just keep it rolling. Come on, man! I'm surprised we had six different picks. I'm surprised that we actually had six totally different picks, and they were all those like mostly those early games. So I'm probably going to be dead wrong, but hey. Uh... <laughs> oh no, I'm horrible at this stuff too. We'll we'll probably come out. We'll both be at like forty percent somehow. Yep, love it. <laughs> so we did uh, as we mentioned dynasty startup mock or not even a mock dynasty startup draft $250 buy-in that these people are in. Um, and clay was gracious enough to, to share it, share this with us. He is the Heisman tier in destination Debbie. Uh, so thank you clay for, for sharing this with us. Um, we are not going to dive into the team specifics on this episode. We're purely going to look at the players, where they are located, where these rookie picks went, because that is kind of what's important. We will do a part of this which will we will dive into some of the trades that happen um some of the team building that happened as well because when you are putting that kind of money on the line people you know should be taking it serious so we'd love to to give those people their credit and kind of see uh what those teams look like so without further ado we're going to look at the first six rounds we're going to look at 12 rounds total so you can kind of see how teams were built and here we are through the first six rounds we have eight rookie picks off the board and i think we have some surprises in the first round this is the first time i've seen jonathan taylor in the first round and as the first running back off the board that that one is uh i think we were all shocked whenever we opened up this board for the first time and saw that one um you know over with all the dd guys we are very anti-running back as we've come to see throughout this regular season and as we're starting to be throughout the off season as well. I don't think anybody in there is taking a running back in the first round. Um, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been producing like an RB one yet. Again, this season, he's also injured again, going on IR for the rest of the season as well. Maybe that's going to give him some time to rest up and heal up. And this Indianapolis offense can figure some things out, but Jonathan Taylor in the first could not be me. I'm either Chase Jefferson or a quarterback in the first round because this is super flex, man. And you're telling me that I'm going to be out of quarterback. I'm taking the most highly variable position in a running back as well. I need to be locking up my quarterbacks here if I'm not taking Jay Jet or Chase. Yeah, man, I, I just can't. I can't do do running back this early. I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to even do the second round and maybe even the third round. Like when you see some of these names on the board that are getting taken off, Jacobs, Pierce in the fifth round, Eckler in the fourth round, like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is young. And yeah, we've seen him put up an RB1 season, but you mentioned it. The volatility at the running back position is so real and you can find equal or better production later on. I just, I am not the one that is taking a running back this early in the draft. No, I can't do it. And even if you're going to ask me which running back I want, I want Bijan, man. Like even at this point, without knowing yeah. the without knowing the draft capital, without knowing the draft position, I think that's locked in enough for Bijan that one, the name cachet on Bijan is going to just increase throughout this offseason, and it's already at a peak. People are already naming him the RB one. 
probably already my RB one right now as well. If he were to be in the league right now. And so I, I'd at least have Bijan over him. And then, and the, the other one in the first round that just baffles me, I know he's hurt right now. He's probably not starting again this week, but Lamar Jackson, I know he's been having some rough performances this year, but I am truthfully in the vein that he's not going to be back in Baltimore. And even if he is, He's not outside of my tier one guys. Like there's no way I'm taking Lamar Jackson after J jet and chase. I'm, I'm getting me a bam tier quarterback. Who I still believe is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, man. I think when I, when I looked at the quarterback, I, I want to look at quarterback as a whole as well. Like Lamar Jackson. Yes. He's still in the first round. I get that, but I'm still not taking Jefferson or chase over him as much as I love both of those guys. Like give me Lamar freaking Jackson. This is a startup that is kicking off next year. So that is for me is a agree a steel pick, but man, when I looked at quarterback, when you just look at the first three rounds, like the fact that Kyler Murray, I know people are down on Kyler Murray. I know he's hurt and I know I get it. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with it. He's still a a top 10 quarterback for me. And I just can't drop him down. That I can't be taking Brees Hall or Jalen Waddle or these rookie picks over Kyler Murray. Like the fact that he fell there, like that is a steal. Trey Lance in the third, like the back of the third. Oh man, Dak Prescott mid-second. Like some of the quarterbacks really surprised me at, at where they ended up falling. Did it was it a shock to you? Same, same as you, man, especially with Kyle, Kyler and Lance are the two. I think we've consistently seen those guys, even after the Kyler Murray injury in all of our mocks, I think we've still seen them both second round, early second round for Kyler and then back of the second, normally mid back of the second for Lance. Dak even, I mean, Dak's still probably a first round QB for me, man, and getting him here at the 2-5 feels pretty damn great. Um, yep. Watson. Uh, I, I am interested with these guys at the turn, though. Fields, Lawrence, Tua, and Watson, because I think we can start to have a conversation about the order in which these guys are going. I know we've been we, we've been down on some of these picks so far, but I, I'm not a Fields guy. I and I, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm still climbing up with the rest. <laughs> You're trying. Of I'm, I'm I'm getting up there. He's still an early second for me. No, he's probably not an early second. He's back of the first for me. I'd still probably have Deshaun because of what I've seen from Deshaun over a longer stretch of period. But what do you think about these quarterbacks at the turn? Fields, Lawrence, two, and Deshaun. Do you, do you have any problems with the order these guys are going off here? You know, it, it kind of goes just that whole group. Uh, and you can include Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray with that group, I think. And, and you know, I, I think Lamar should be with those top five. Uh, so I, I think order is preference, right? Like people are believers in Justin Fields, his legs, and he's just going to be a low passing volume guy. And that's something you have to be able to understand. But his legs are for real, man. And if he's rushing for a thousand yards, like that's Lamar Jackson-esque. He, he's going to, I mean, he's going to be a legitimate top eight quarterback in Dynasty if if that's the case that's something that Tua doesn't have that's something that that Dak doesn't have so I I feel like I'm okay with Fields and I'm okay with Lawrence being there I would probably bump Deshaun up I know it's been a struggle as of late but again when you're at the quarterback position trying to knock off Russ it's not like Jamar Chase going out and catching footballs running routes like Deshaun Watson has to read defenses the NFL has changed since he last took a snap in the league 
So he's had a lot of like mental processing, not only learning a new playbook, he didn't, he wasn't even able to have the playbook for the time that he was suspended. So there's a lot of things. So as the, the season has changed and the playbook has changed, he wasn't able to adapt and adjust. I'm okay putting him up there too, but yeah, I think it's personal preference when it comes to any of those six guys and you can mix and match them around. I've been a two, a hater and I'm, and I'm, I'll stop after this. So you can kind of chat about this, but like, Tua has been up and down all year. He's had highs. He's had lows. And I'm still not fully on board with Tua Tagovailoa. I think he's a good quarterback. He's definitely top 12. I'm not going to say that he's not. But I would be taking Kyler, Dak, and Sean Watson over him. I think I'm right there with you on that. I think we're pretty similar throughout the quarterback landscape. We just we like some more proven talent than the shots on these guys because – especially with Tua, I think it's the problem we talk about with a lot of these guys that we're going to see coming off the board here where we presume they're going to come off with these rookie picks, right? Where yeah. how? what's the path forward to launch yourself up into this BAM tier, this by any means necessary, I want these top elite producing quarterbacks. And I still believe that Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson hold that possibility. I don't – Tua's volatility, the offense has been – fantastic around him this offseason or through this season the offense has been morphed and given him every chance to succeed and we've still seen some volatility that i don't think is going to put him up into that tier for me but i'm perfectly fine like you said having him up in my top 12 13 quarterbacks yeah good player very good player um i i definitely not what i thought he was going to be but i think it's also you know kind of like the san francisco offense like as a quarterback, we're seeing it's hard to fail in that San Francisco offense if you just do what you're asked. You know, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He was a the last pick in the draft, and he is succeeding and do and, and looking good in San Francisco. Same similar offense in Miami, great weapons, great team around him. It's hard to fail. So it does make me wonder if it's system or if it's Tua, because we've seen a little bit of, of both be effective. Um, but yeah, again. As long as he's tied to that offense, I want him. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be tied to that offense for the next <laughs> two, three years, right? Like that ain't yep. changing. So uh, I'm perfectly fine with buying buying into it at the price. Uh, I do think we see, you know, I, I don't know if we've seen AJ Brown sneak into the back of the first round yet. Uh, that's one that I'm honestly perfectly fine with. If you if you are willing to play it a little bit more risky at quarterback, I still want to get my top twelve quarterbacks locked up here. Uh, getting to is still nice here for a quarterback. And snake draft is just hard because being put at this 112 spot is just rough. And you don't have a third round reversal in this draft either to come back and get you another top quarterback. So you don't even have a shot to get even Lance or any of the top three rookies here. If we assume they're going off of the one, two, three, and four. Well, that's a, it's a bold proposition for me in a startup if I have to live with that. But, you know, we do have trades in this draft. We're going to get into the actual team building specifics here later. So we'll see some of these teams do trade up and trade back out in and out of the quarterbacks in this round. But A.J. Brown, the first, I, I actually don't mind it all that much, although I would like to get the quarterbacks locked up a little bit more yet. After we see those quarterbacks go, I think we've talked about them enough here. We do see the first tight end come off the board relatively in the same range where we've seen tight ends coming off the board, but we see the order is flipped from the guys, you know, most of our drafts, most mock drafts and our data has been coming from destination Debbie guys. And here we see Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and then Travis Kelsey. They're always the top three, but the order does vary slightly. Kelsey being in the middle of the third though, man, back into the third, even 
Ooh, I would be uh, I'd be all over that. I'm fine with Kelsey in the middle of the second and almost any build. Yeah, the 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 struggle for me was was Pitts. Like I like Pitts, I do, I love him. But Travis Kelsey, man, he's putting up points. He's going to be doing it for the next two to three years. You know, maybe there's pr- productive struggles. So again, team specific things. But for me, I. I'm okay. Flip, flip them however you want. You can justify it to me one way, shape, or form, and and you know, I'll accept people's reasonings. What I found shocking about the tight ends as we look at these first six rounds, man, like the fact that we saw Kittle, Hawkinson, and Goddard come off the board, and it is tight end premium, but it's not a super heavy tight end premium league. So I was a little surprised to see those three. I don't know if it was the reaching, if it was just over excitement because you see those top three go off and you're like, oh, I don't want to miss on that next group. But that felt early to me. Like if I'm missing out on Andrews, Kelsey and Pitts, I even I, let me rephrase. If I'm missing out on Andrews and Kelsey, <laughs> I'm passing on tight end for a long time, long time. Yeah. I'm probably not taking them in the first six rounds even. And then if, and then we see Kelsey's the first one off here out of that group too. And not, you're in a lot more than I am on Kelsey. It's one of our biggest differences in player evaluations. But I mean, Kelsey, I wouldn't, I take Fryermuth over Kelsey. I know he's coming off of a big game, but he's Kittle. old. Or, yes, I'm sorry. Good God, no, I wouldn't. I was going to say, I was like, Kelsey. Ooh, ooh, that'd be, that'd be some spice right there. I was like, we George are the Kittle. same with Kittle or George with Kelsey. Kittle, let's take all yes. of those last minute and rephrase that. Replace, <laughs> find and replace Travis Kelsey with George Kittle wherever you can, wherever I just said that in the last minute. No, George Kittle. I am much lower on than you, yeah. and so I wouldn't even be taking him over Pat Frymouth at this point. I'm going to go with the who I think are fairly similar players in terms of their production, and I'm going to take the youth in that scenario. So uh, it's, it's a bit of a reach for me, and like you said, it's a little bit of a reach in general on the tight ends unless we're playing in you know those super heavy premiums, but it doesn't sound like this league is exactly that. But, you know, locking up the position, it, it is a positional, I don't know how much of an advantage, but if you do have one of these guys, it's a heck of a lot better than when you're dumpster diving for like the K-Dottons of the world. Yeah, and for me, when it, when it comes to the team building aspect, you, you know, we're not getting into team specifics, but just where I'm drafting these players, it goes to variance, right? Like, you know, running back has a lot of variance. A tight end has a lot of variance outside of that top two or, you know, top group essentially. And so, you know, yeah, Kelsey or sorry, Kittle, Got me calling him Kelsey now. Kittle, <laughs> Hawkinson, Goddard, you know, Fryermuth, like those names, they're all able to put up decent tight end numbers, but it's super volatile. And I'm there's I can find a bunch of other guys that can put up similar numbers week in and week out, or I can stream some options. But uh yeah, like that's my big thing with tight end. So I do want to dive into the wide receivers here because you mentioned AJ Brown going in the first, and you know, we see Jalen Waddle and cd lamb in the second there that's your top five jefferson chase aj brown cd lamb jalen waddle and then we have cup metcalf garrett wilson amon Ra, and chris olave now when you look at those first three rounds do you feel that that's the right fit does it feel like what, what does that look like to you the ones that I'd want to reorder, I mean, once I think once you get outside of the top four, I th- or the top five, or yeah, top four here, because I think I have Jefferson, Chase in their own tier, and then there's the behind them tier of AJ Brown and CD Lamb for me. Yep. Then there's a group of like seven guys that I, you know, if you want to make a case for any one of them, 
I can understand it. I have a little bit of a different ordering than how they came off here, but you know, it, it's whatever. The one, the two that I have that are a little bit higher for me than where I would have them, I'd move them to the back of this tier. If it was me, I'd move back Waddle and I'd move back DK. Those guys, we've seen the we've seen a very high volatility with Jalen Waddle in this offense that he's running in Miami, where he's just gone dead silent for multiple games in a row. And it's just been, you know, Tyreek Hill pretty much taking over the offense. And he's the one who's pretty good, more consistent than Jalen Waddle. I know the youth is going to play into this factor here in, in the dynasty startup. So again, I'm fine with it. It's just not how I, I prefer to have these guys. And DK Metcalf. He's had he's had a lot of allure as a wide receiver one, but I don't see this offense changing, and he's just been producing kind of like wide receiver two clips for me. So I'd rather take a shot with some of these younger guys or some of the elite older guys like the Cups, Garrett Wilson, Amon Raz, and Chris Olaves of the world. Yeah, DK, he's put up, I think, wide receiver seven, 14, and right now he's on pace for 12. Uh overall numbers you know as far as where, where he's finishing i like i like dk a lot so for me I, i'm with you on waddle I'm, I'm down to bump him down he's a very good player but the the two names that three names really that i think are sh- shocking to me that aren't in the first three rounds is tyree kill stefan diggs and Devonte adams and and yes Devonte adams is is 30 but man i'm taking Devonte adams over chris olave I, I I think I'm taking him over Amon Ross St. Brown. Maybe maybe he belongs with that group, I think. But I think that's my struggle is when you see guys like Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, and sure they're older, but you got Cooper Cup coming off the board of the 3-3. I mean, I would be putting those guys right in there. I'd be sneaking those guys right in the back, you know, five, six, seven range above the guys that were waiting to truly prove it. Like these guys are doing it. And for me, that's big. It's a difference in how we dynasty, man. Like yeah. I bet that I bet that this guy in the three slot here, I bet he's kind of more on our side of things where we we like our proven talent. We like we don't really we factor in age obviously into our rankings, but yeah. we definitely don't factor it in as much as a lot of the people that we probably see here in this league. You know, it's probably why Travis Kelsey is the lowest out of the tight end group, where we'd probably have him as the tight end one coming off the board. It's why people are dropping on the digs and Tyree kills of the world. And you can see, um, I'm not your da. I, I don't know. I don't know what his name, full name is. I'm sorry. I'm not your da, but he comes back and takes another guy that totally fits the build in Devonte Adams. Um, you know, it, your, you know, his probably preference style of play. And so Very I true. think that's, I think that's just how the dynasty landscape is different from player to player. It depends on how you want to play the game. Do you want to go for the win now pieces or do you want to, Build the long-term dynasty that you're going to try to hold these guys for the next five years and hit on the young guys, hit on the youth, the guys that can vault themselves up if they do keep producing and evolve their game, could produce or vault themselves up into the Jefferson and Chase range. It's not exactly how we like to dynasty, but I'm not going to I'm not going to slam it, but it's just not what we do. Exactly. And and I feel like that's you know what there's no right or truly wrong way to, to dynasty. There's processes that are proven. There's processes that work. And so my challenge to everyone is to really think about that. Like how much does age come into play? How much does, you know, the ability to do it and, and flashes are great. We see flashes from players all the time, but is it something that can consistently happen that can crack them into the, you know, top eight, top eight wide receivers are what matter. Like 9, 10, 11, 12. We, I just said DK Metcalf's wide receiver 12. And it's like, eh, like 
He's a good player. I like him. I'm happy to have him on my team, but he's not putting up those Tyreek numbers. He's not putting up, you know, what CD Lamb is doing. Like that is the thing for me when I really think about it. Why I want to challenge thought processes is who's doing it and and do we have more hope that like some of these guys can do it? Like, do we, do we hope Chris Olave is going to have a situation where he has a better quarterback and, and things are going to turn around for that offense? Like hope comes into this and I don't like to bet on hope when it comes down to, to drafting. Yep. It's just, we, we don't like the, the volatility of what these guys could become. You yep. know, you could be, you could vault yourself up like we've seen Amon Ross St. Brown do, or you can fall down like Elijah Moore has. And no matter how good that first year is, you just don't know what years two, three, and beyond are going to happen for these guys, you know, their their next coming years. And so the guys that have done it for five, six-plus years in a row, we've seen the proven production history. We've seen the track record. It's just the guys that we like. I mean, man, Stephon Diggs in the fourth, man. Like Feels like a steal. I probably – like I know we're not getting into the team-building specifics of this one, but I'd probably be taking him at that 2 212 spot. Like, if I can just get, start the draft with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, <laughs> hell of a stack. Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting, I'm getting probably, I forget exactly what the warp stack charts are that uh, Dynasty Fairy puts out over in DD, but that's still my 101 stack. And so if yeah. I, if I could take that, I mean, even you know, all the way through the third, man. Yeah. Give, give, give us the vet, give us the vet wide receivers, even if they are turning 30, 29. So let's let's keep expanding this conversation here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the slide for the next rounds, but I want to look at running back and 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 the these draft picks and, and running back. The reason why I want to look at all of it together is we talked about Jonathan Taylor early. You know, we have have some of the youth again: Brees Hall, ETN, Kenneth Walker. We do see the 101 come off the board, which is a presumably you know Bijan Robinson, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, we do have a couple aging guys and and CMC and Eckler, but they're in the third, fourth round respectively. But I just look at that running back, and as you look through and see Nick Chubb in the sixth, and and Derrick Henry in the seventh, and Alvin Kamara in the eighth, and Miles Sanders. In the ninth, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery in the tenth, uh, Dalvin Cook in the eighth. Like you can find running back production anywhere, anywhere. I just don't feel a need to take him early. It comes up every mock we do, where you you get in that third, fourth round, man. You're like, I don't have a running back, and these studs are still on the board. Like it just feels like too much value to pass up on. Yep. And, you, and you start looking cross positionally at it, too, because, you know, we, we look past the startup whenever we're doing this. It, it's it's hard to do. I mean, you're looking at what can I get in terms of Saquon Barkley right now compared to Devontae Adams. And you can probably get two seconds or maybe even an extra first on top of Devontae Adams for Saquon Barkley because of the <laughs> age as soon as you get out of the startup. Yep. And so in there, it feels like the value is going to be it feels like you're passing up on the value, but then you look at these guys and you, you start to see that you can just team build. If you're wanting to really go for it in year one, the team builds that you can make, man, if you just punt on running back and just load up on, like you said, these Miles Sanders and Leonard Fournette. I, I won't go Leonard Fournette. That's the wrong <laughs> name to pull there. I don't really believe in that one fully, but Miles Sanders, Derek Henry's Josh Jacobs, of the world they are going so much lower, man. Like, you can build a super monster team with tight end and wide receivers just carrying your team and lock up two starting quarterbacks if you really want to. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, looking cross positionally, like look at what what's going off the board in the range of some of those running backs that are producing. And I would much rather have Derrick Henry than George Pickens. I'd much rather have, you know, Dalvin Cook over over Cortland Sutton than Christian Kirk. Like I'd much rather have Miles Sanders over Rashad Bateman, Gabe Davis, Jahan Dotson, like all of those names. Like I, I man, like the the points production and the value favors running back as you get into those seventh six plus rounds, like Nick Chubb and Jerry Judy coming off the board in the same spot. Like, you know, Nick Chubb is going to produce. And when you look at the points that these guys are going to put up again, it's a volatile position. So in one, you're not having to invest a ton into the running back, but you can invest more opportunity, like more darts. Like you see, you know, at the end there, you see a bunch of guys coming off the board, like Algier, James Cook, Leonard Fournette, Khalil Herbert. If this is best ball, you have a bunch of darts. You have a bunch of opportunities. Yeah, those aren't the necessarily the names I want, but you can do that in in rounds where you have Aaron Jones still on the board, David Montgomery still on the board, Cam Akers still on the board, you know, Zeke Elliott coming off in the 12th. But when you look at wide receiver, it's not as volatile. A lot of those guys, there is volatility. Not going to say there's not. But a lot of those guys stick. Jefferson sticking, Chase sticking, Brown sticking, Lamb sticking, Tyreek, Diggs, Adams. They're sticking. Cup. If he's until healthy they and they have off. a team. Until they yeah. phase out of the league. Like until they pull in a uh, Odell Beckham. Until they pull in <laughs> Odell Beckham, I almost said like OJ Brown or something. That was weird. Um, <laughs> Antonio Brown. Pull yeah, Antonio. Okay. Well, I mean, you can pull that one too. But, I mean, we see even these guys still be, you know, at least somewhat fantasy relevant. We know it's really not the case with Odell right now, and there's some other circumstances right. around that one with multiple injuries that have caused that to finally happen. But, yeah, these these wide receivers, until they until they fall off, they don't even really hit a cliff like these running backs do if we want to go back to, like, RB Cliff data. You know, it's invest in the wide receivers early. We see it every single time, and, yeah, you can find the running backs later. And the last thing I want to do before I, I, we jump into those picks is like, you know, it, it goes down to difference makers at the position, right? Like if I'm going to be able to build a team, I want difference makers at the position, young or old. And I can find difference makers in the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds at running back where I can't in wide receiver, where I can't necessarily in tight end, can't in quarterback. So, you know, my brain automatically thinks, okay, where can I find difference makers? I can find difference makers at quarterback in the first. I can find difference makers at wide receiver in the first, second, third, and fourth rounds in this draft. So, like, that's where those difference makers lie. So, uh, that's what I, what my brain goes to when I think about positionally drafting, even though, like, like you mentioned, Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams back-to-back in a draft. Yeah, Saquon has more value, and he's going to put up points – and, and and that's a player you'd love to have on your team. Man, like Devontae Adams, after that, you're picking Debo, J-Mo, Devonta Smith. Like he's kind of the last of that producing tier where you can get Nick Chubb, you can get Ramondre, you know, you can get the Derrick Henry. And sometimes you just have to weigh those pros and cons when you're when you're looking at how you want to build. Yep. All about how you want to team build, and we prefer to build through the wide receivers. So it's it's our probably going to lean most of our startup drafts. I would say the one thing that I've, I've heard from Scott and on dynasty trades in five, you haven't checked out their stuff. They do pretty good stuff over there where they do a lot of team building stuff. They do, you know, how many starters they they go into every single, you know, format you could possibly think of. 
before they really analyze the trade. And I think that also does play into a, a little bit of a factor when you're in the startup. So like most of our leagues, we're looking at, you know, at least minimum start 10, and then we're probably in start 11, start 12, even if we're in lineup. And then if it's best ball, it's even further than that. And that's especially where you, I think, want to hammer home wide receiver a little bit more. But sometimes, I mean, some of these startups, man, I, I watched one of their episodes last night, and about 70% of their questions were like, either one QB or two QB and start eight. And in the start eight, I mean, you actually do still need running back hammers. And so yes. there is a little bit of a team building aspect into it. I forget exactly what the format of this one is, but I, I, I do just want to throw that one out there before we just say clean across the board. <laughs> it's, it's like that because you just start, eventually you just start, can't start these wide receivers. And you actually, whenever you're going up against a team that has like a brace hall, Ken Walker, and you're throwing out, you know, Antonio Gibson, Devin Singletary. It's not going to match up as well in a start eight as, as much if you're in like a start 11, start 12 like we're normally in. I think we'll do an episode where we talk about about the, the construction of your team based on your league settings and based on what your league rules are. Because if you are in start eight, if I you want studs. I do not care at that point. I want studs. If you are in a 10 team, I want studs. Like, give me those dudes and I will figure out the rest from there. But yeah, we'll, we'll do a full episode um, on, on some of those team building things or part of an episode uh, here in the next few few weeks and kind of discuss some of those things and, and how that looks. Yeah, I think that's going to be really good. We'll get into that, especially throughout the offseason. We're going to have so much time before this next season starts up. Eight months of just content putting out and we're going to do all of the drafts during that time as well as just strategy talk like we normally do and diving into the strategy as we go through those mocks as well and review them like we're doing here i think the last thing we got to touch on but really before we get out of this one unless we want to dive into a little bit of the quarterbacks and tight ends i think we can maybe wrap that one those couple ones into some of the more team building format because i think it's a little yeah. bit more it's a little bit easier to explain where the quarterback value and where the tight end value is going off when you're looking at team building aspects of things but i think the Last thing that I want to touch on here in terms of just pure value is these picks because yes. we've seen it where a lot of the recent mocks that we've done, the I think the we've had two that have had positional placeholder or kicker placeholders, and we've got them covered up here where they're actually showing the pick value. Most of ours have had a gap between the 102, 103, and 104. The 104 coming off a little bit later, but we've seen a lot of hype and a lot of buildup of these quarterbacks lately where we're thinking we're going to have three locked and loaded top quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson's gaining a lot of traction. And so if you're looking at these picks in terms of quarterback value, I'm actually starting to be okay with throwing this 104 up into this range as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Bijan belongs in that 204 to 208 range. That's typically where we've seen him go in startups. Um, and then when you talk about the, the quarterback position, it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or or Will Levis. You know, if they get the draft capital throw top 15 picks, maybe even top 20 picks, like you're gonna want to take them. Like you you absolutely are. I'm not sure about Trey Lance falling this far behind those guys, but they do belong in that range above Kirk cousins and, and above, you know, the, the rest is what I'm going to call them. So I I've, I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm fully comfortable. I don't know that I'd be taking the one two before Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray, but yeah, I, I am with you. I am with you on that. Yeah. I think the, I, I truthfully think the one Oh two, one Oh three, one Oh four and Trey Lance should all be in their little group together. Yeah, and then perfect. 
And then I'm, I'm right there with you that I'm going to take what I know in Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. I mean, Kyler Murray, his his ACL tear was late, but we're project. There's projections coming out that he, if everything goes right, could be back by even week one. I know the rushing is probably going to be there, but he's still a good enough passer. I mean, we've seen his rushing come down this year because Cliff told him not to run, apparently. And <laughs> if Cliff gets out of there and then you know, long term, Kyler Murray's just got to be up here higher than higher than this for me. I'm just going to take that no production from him. But yeah, I, I actually think throwing this 104 and if we start seeing the rumors come out that even, you know, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are both going to be in the top top first round. I know we got burned with this last year, so I'm hesitant to do it because we yeah. were told that there was going to be four, possibly five first round quarterbacks last year. And then there was one and then none for another three rounds. So, man, it, it, I'm not there yet. I want to see a little bit more. I want to see these guys, you know, actually perform through the offseason before I'm going to be fully into throwing all those picks up there. But rumors are starting to swirl and we've got to start adjusting value. Let me just say, let's just stop. I'm ready for 2022 to end. the 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 draft sucked. The NFL season has sucked. Like there's just been so much going on. Like I am so ready for 2023. Hopefully, it's not more of the same. But yeah, I'm with you. I like the I like the gap there between the 104 and 105. You know, most likely it's going to be Gibbs. But when we talked about, you know the draft class as a whole, there's a lot of really good running backs, man. There's a lot of really, really good running backs in this class. Uh, we'll see where they go, what, what that ends up being. So if I'm over here taking Jameer Gibbs right around Deandre Swift, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's right. Um, uh, yeah, 105, 106, 107, all within, you know, around, uh, round plus of each other. Any gaps are you okay with with where like the 109 through 112? Anything kind of stand out to you with these picks, or is it pretty pretty status quo for you? I do think once we get past those, you know, where the kind of quarterbacks are falling off the board with each other, looking at the values here, back end first, you're comparing them with Hollywood, George Pickens. I'm fine if you still want to have your shots on those guys rather than taking a re-roll into 2023. There's an argument to be made that you're having the more liquid asset because you are just having to pick until you do your startup draft. So there's a little bit of an argument to maybe push these guys up, these picks up a little bit more, actually, in my opinion, over some of these guys. But I, I don't I don't think I see too much that's horribly wrong with any of these values. There's some of the vets, you know, that we're probably going to have a little bit higher up than where they're going. DeAndre Hopkins still being down here in the 10th round is absolutely ludicrous to me. Um I, I, whatever, whatever I'm looking at these guys, because I actually just did my own startup mock that we haven't broken down yet. We might break down later, but I, I, I took D hop up in like the sixth round because I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, what? He's tanked in value because of last year. But if you're looking at the production that he put out this year and you're comparing it to guys like Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, I don't see why he should be much different than any of those guys. And getting him here in the 10th is an absolute steal in my opinion. Yeah, man. I mean, he's also 30, but he is he's good. He was not hurt, everybody. He was suspended for using PEDs. If anything, he's going to be stronger than ever. Uh, I, I'm kidding, of course. But like when you're when you're looking at I know Christian Watson is the hot name and Christian Watson went went rather early for me. I mean, he's in the fifth round here. Like he's up there with with Traylon Burks and and Michael Pittman like. I I can't just I just can't justify. I know youth. I get it. Jerry Judy, youth. And you have to kind of pick your poison, but you're going to be able to sell DeAndre Hopkins. It's not like he's a dying asset. I mean, 
technically he is because of age, but if he's producing and like he has been and he should going forward. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, if you don't want to put him in the in the Devonte Adams tier, like I'm perfectly fine putting him there in that f- fifth, sixth round versus the tenth. Like, whew. yeah, that. I mean, if if you can send a mid second for DeAndre Hopkins right now, imagine your your playoff window's still open, and you can just. I know obviously this is a start up, but it's not going to have any correlation. But man, what I wouldn't give on some competing teams to send a mid second that are still in the playoffs, send a mid second to just pick up Deandre Hopkins. Oh, it's Trace McSorley. God damn it. Trace. Why are you there? Um, I actually don't know if I do that anymore down the playoff push. I might just actually hold the pick until we know what the <laughs> position is. Disregard that. You know, I had to work through that one a little bit live, but I still love the, you know, long-term, you know, next year value of D hop here. Yeah, I mean, and talking about value in these rounds, and again, we'll break down more of this later, but you're talking about a early to mid second round pick for Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. I Again, it is a startup, but when you're on the clock, you are legitimately picking that pick, or you have the option to take a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver. And I have a really tough time choosing a random 23 second mid to late over quarterbacks man zach wilson like i know i I, you know i hate zach wilson i don't hate him i'm just not a big fan not a believer you're telling me i can send just hate his nfl talent (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly like the fantasy outlook i'm just not a huge fan of and and you know we'll see maybe that can change maybe he's maturing and 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 that'll that'll adjust but again a 208 for, for Zach Wilson. For I, I will go send that out everywhere. Yeah, man. Uh, this is actually just looking at it. And I, like you said, we'll get into this one a little bit more. But, man, I think we do got to talk about these these tier two quarterbacks. Not, I guess not tier two quarterbacks, but these QB twos that are coming off the board here that I can send off mid-seconds for. Yeah, see you yeah. mid-seconds. I don't need uh, Chase Brown in the mid-second next year. As a running back, I would much rather in Superflex have that quarterback that's going to be hitting my lineup much more than that running back has the potential to be more than likely. And, and I brought this up last week because we we talked about about this player that didn't come off in the first ten rounds, and I wanted to see where he came off in this one. One Tom Brady didn't come off in the first twelve rounds, and I have the full board up because we are okay, we're just looking at the first twelve. He is in the sixteenth round. He went after, after Brock Purdy. And I am just dumbfounded right now. <laughs> Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and Brock Purdy. I do not care if I'm only, only getting one year of Tom Brady. I will take him every time in the double digit rounds if that's where he's going. Holy cow. Can I send out thirds for Tom Brady? Is that a thing? Like it might be. I, I get okay. As soon as okay, actually, this is gonna be perfect perfect segue out of here because I do think we I get out of here and start ending up this thing. And also want to mention we are going to start having ADP data from all of these mocks. I'm building the Excel sheet out right now. 
know there's probably easier ways to do it, but I'm building the Excel sheet out right now where we're going to have to start, we're going to be able to start tracking all of our ADP data from all of these mocks and live startups like this one all the way throughout the off season. And we're going to build our own fantasy draft room ADP, which is going to be awesome to have and look at. But the one thing that I wanted to look at here, I'm losing train of thought. And so Tom Brady, as soon as we get past the off season and we get into the off season, one of the videos that I want to do here is start looking at how we're going to push our teams into the off season once we're yes. able to trade again, starting to pick up guys that we should be dropping off our rosters, waiver wire guys that we should be picking up and looking to for the future, mostly DS, uh, dog shit, dart throw running backs. We're going to be picking up those guys, dropping old wide receivers. Want to get into that. And we'll also touch on some tr possible trade targets, uh, offseason guys that are going to be moving teams. All of that stuff, definitely. I mean, we're going to be busy as soon as this offseason hits us, probably more so than we even are right now into the regular season. Yeah, we will hit the ground running in January with uh, we're going to be doing rookie mocks. Uh, obviously, big thing coming up here. Rookie mocks will be continue to do dynasty startups. Redraft season will kick things off. We'll be doing a ton of mock drafts for us to break down and for to, to compile ADP. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that. And then, I'll, like you said, as well, in early January, we're going to start looking at the offseason you know, program. You know, basically, it, it's time to to bulk up that roster, uh, maybe trim down, trim off the fat. And, and we'll talk about what positions, where, why, how and all of that and more. Uh, anything else you want to dive into before we get out of here? No, man, uh, I think we're I, I do really want to dig into some of these teams. You know, there's a lot of trades throughout this one that are going to yes. impact how the values are moved around this board. So I do want to get into diving into maybe a couple of these teams, looking at how their roster shook out, looking at how they traded around the board. I think we're going to do probably an episode either next week or maybe next we'll week. let this next week or yeah, whenever, whenever we get to it, we'll get to it soon. We'll let you all know. And I think that's all we've got for today, man. Wrap us on out of here. Perfect. Hey, thank you again. Please like and subscribe. And thank you again for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.